Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. I really, really appreciate you guys tuning in with us. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. If you have any questions for uh, during the uh, service, you can email bond at bondinfo.org. Bond at bondinfo.org. And put your name on it, and we'll try to answer your questions today. And if we don't, we will definitely get to them for you for next Sunday service. I also appreciate you getting the word out there. I was told this week that everybody and their mama are tuning in to the Bond Sunday morning services. And according to the emails, uh, some of the emails I received, people are getting help. And that's what we want to do. We want to help you find righteousness, to find that peace in your heart. It's about, uh, salvation is about the heart and we need to change the hearts and minds of people, and that's my purpose. Our service is a little different in that we don't hoop and holler and run. You're not going to see me. You may see me spit a little bit, but it's not coming from hooping and hollering. Uh, I, I try to hear from the people so that I can possibly answer their questions. Whenever I read the scriptures, Jesus Christ did not run up and down the stage and yell and hoop and holler and quote the Bible and sing you all. He heard from the people and tried to answer their questions so that he could point them in the right direction. A lot of people are suffering because they're not getting that. And we're doing that here at Bond. Um, uh, so we're going to, what I'd like to do is there's an issue that we had last Sunday that I was told that it wasn't resolved. So we're going to try to resolve that issue. And then we're going to talk about the voice, I guess, if we could get to it recognizing the voice of God because a lot of people cannot recognize his voice. We're going to be talking about that. But I just want to once again say good morning to you guys here in the building. That way they know that people are really here. (laughs) All right. um, Before I get rolling, Pat, you had an issue that you thought um, was not cleared up last Sunday. And do you remember what the question was? Oh, John asked the question. Do you remember that question, John? How come some people... Oh, what causes us to be unconscious, unaware? And it just went off the deep end a little bit, I think. Did it not go off the deep end a little bit? Patrick? Yes. And what confused you about that question? But you were also answering somebody else who was who had a similar question, and I think the answers got kind of put together as to who you were talking to. Oh, okay. It seemed to cause a little bit of confusion. We had two two conversations going on. Yeah. One was about what caused you to be go, what causes you to go unaware or become unaware, and the other question was about why are you still dumbed down? Something after all these. Yeah. So do you know what causes a person to go unaware, become unaware now? Because that's what the problem is, is that most people are unconscious and they can't see. You know, we have a home for young men that we work with. And I noticed that when these guys first come in, they are unconscious. They're on their cell phones all day or they got music. They have music on their head, heads and they are unconscious as to what they're doing. They leave the door unlocked, you know, they're. Yeah, I mean, just some weird stuff. It all come from not seeing what they're doing. And uh, so do you know what causes people to... And God said that we, he wants us to have his mind. 
the mind of God, the insight of God, to be able to see, come into the light so that we can see. And if you can see, you can save yourself a lot of problems. A lot of problems. What causes people to become unaware? That was your question too, right? Yeah, I guess mine was more specific of saying, I, I see in myself um, consciously becoming unaware sometimes. Yeah. Uh, because of the uh, value that I get out of either you know, judgment, judging, or a pleasure of thought of some kind, something like that. So I can see myself doing that uh, on purpose in a way. Yeah. And um, so pleasure at times causes you to go into a state of unconsciousness. Yeah. To go back into the darkness of your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. You still love pleasure more than what's right? More than peace. No I don't believe I do, but I but I tell you this, there is a war that I do see clearly between I guess you'd say pleasure and peace in yeah. my, inside of me. I absolutely see it. Yeah. Oh, good. I understand what you're saying. You see that battle there. Yeah. Yeah. Because those are the two, seem like they're the two dominant forces yeah. that, that are at play. I mean, one is that desire to get into those those thoughts and things. And that other is that the more I pray and, you know, separate, the more I desire to be at peace. Yeah. So there is a war for sure. There is a battle going on. The, the battle is a, a warfare between good and evil. Evil is trying to hold on to you, and good is trying to bring you back, you know, back into uh, a righteousness. So they are warfare between one another. The, the unfortunate thing about that is that most people don't know that this battle is going on within them, within themselves. They think that it's them. And so as a result of that, they try to get involved and fight the battle too. And really, there's nothing you can do about it. There's a thing that you're fighting against. You know, um, last week you were talking about that, people thinking it's them and that, and, and, and I tend to still think that, you know, when things, I, I still tend to identify with whatever is moving through me as being me. Yeah. And I, I do know, though, that that's a key, and I've heard you talk about it many times, because I know that if we could see that it was something else and not us, I know that would have a huge uh, positive impact on us. That's right. It's not us, but it's this thing that's made a home inside of us. This spirit, this identity has taken the place of our true self. I gave an example of that last Sunday. I said that uh, it's like somebody invaded your home. They took you and put handcuffs on you and a piece of tape on your mouth and they threw you in the closet and now they're living in your home. They're living there, and you're not, you can't do anything about it. You know, you're tied down, and no one comes along and try to help you, so you're just, someone else is living in your house. And that's how it is in this body. Someone else is living through us, and because we can hear them and feel them, we think that it's us. And when you think that it's you, it brings on all kind of guilt, you know, and then more guilt, guilty you become, the more you're going to feed this spirit that's made a home inside of you. You know, it is not us. It's something else that's driving us to make you do the things that you don't want to do. It speaks to you. I've had, I've interviewed over 400 preachers recently on my radio show. Now, I may come back next Sunday and say that not all, but I believe all of these preachers have said to me that they hear this voice, that this thing talked to them, but they think it's God talking to them. 
You know, like, oh, the Lord told me this, and the Lord told me that. I hear evangelists saying that. Many, you know, people who are into evangelizing, they're constantly saying what God is telling them. And it's not God speaking to you like that. That's not his voice. That's the voice of the prince of darkness. He knows how to say to you exactly what you want to hear. Whatever you, your ego needs to hear, your prideful self, he knows how to say that to you. Whatever it is. You know, your boss is a bad person. As soon as the boss yells at you about something, you attack the boss because you believe that lie that the boss is a bad person. It's weird how that is, but that's what's going on. And it's not us. And most people can't see it. That's why God said we have to come into the light so that he can shine the light on this thing that's made a home inside of you. It's another personality. <coughs> yeah. And I think a lot of reasons this thing is coming up for me now is my uh, way of dealing with things in the past was always through suppression. Yeah. And so suppression was kind of a false uh, uh, salvation. Yeah. And I could, I could fake um, non-reaction to things. I could fake uh, certain things by simply being suppressed. Um, and now I'm more non-suppressed, let's say, and so things that had been kind of dormant inside that were just pushed down are there now kind of all out there for me to see. Yes, that's right. So it's a different thing that's going on. The best thing to do is to watch it. To, you can't suppress the spirit in you. You can't control it. You can't um, deny it. I mean, you can do those things, but it's still going to live in you and control you one way or another. It's going to have its way in you because of ourselves. We, can, we can't control the spirit. It, 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 a phys- the spirit can't be controlled with a physical thing it has to shine some light on it the love or the spirit of God has to control it and cause it to overcome but you can't do anything about it I will listen to Juanita Bynum you know who she is? <laughs> who don't know who Juanita Bynum is? Oh, okay long story <coughs> short Juanita Bynum is a black female preacher and she's real popular in the Christian community. You may have seen her on TV a lot. She, uh, she's made a lot of money, sold a lot of books, and done her thing. And she teaches that women should be like bulldogs. You know, you should go and, and do it and do it like a bulldog. You know, she's run up and down the thing there saying that. She said that women should be like the mafia. You know, you go up to the person and you tell them what you want, and they don't do it, slap their throat and walk away. How would you like to be married to that kind of woman? <laughs> but Juanita Bynum got married, long story short. Her marriage ended. And uh, I saw on a, a court, divorce court, saying that she, at one point recently, considered suicide. And that she had taken some pills and she was about to commit suicide. Then she realized, you know what, I can't kill myself because my name is too important. So <laughs> I can't take it. I'm not going to. I came from, a, she said that she came from a long line of preachers, Bynum preachers, and that she can't kill herself. So she decided not to kill herself. And I thought, you know, what a shame that is in that this woman is teaching people, especially other women, how to be bulldogs and mafia and she has not found what she is looking for. You know, she has not found that peace within. There is no way, no way 
at all that I can see. No way at all. No way <laughs> at all that you could be born again of God, of love, perfect love, and think of committed suicide. Now, the devil may come and try to tempt you with it, but it's a far distant thought. Because when you are born again, when you are in the light, when you are one mind with God, he gives you perfect peace. Perfect peace. And then the situations that you have to deal with in life, it's just a situation. It's not your being. It's not who you are. It doesn't interfere with your peace, your happiness. And for this woman to be saying that I consider suicide to a point I took the pills and was going to do it, that's, that should say, you know what, why am I following a person like this? She's, she has the same problem that I have. Uh, you know, but instead of the Christians saying that, you know, they say, oh, we can't be perfect. You know, you, you still have problems. You know, you're the same person that you were before you were born again. They excuse it away. And that's a trick of that devil, of the lie, the imagination. It will excuse that away and give this woman room to deceive other people. It's amazing how that is. There's a difference between God and, and, and the serpent. And the devil, whatever it is, evil. God bring peace, evil bring destruction. And if a preacher is up trying to point the way to peace, he cannot have suicidal thoughts and taking pills in some room somewhere. And then you excuse that away, but people are doing it. Absolutely doing it. It just blows my mind. But I understand how they do it. They haven't found what they're looking for. They believe in the preacher rather than believing in God. That's why you you shouldn't believe in me. You believe in what's right. Believe in God. You got to know it for yourself. And that's the job of the preacher to do that. And to point it back to God so he can help you. Because no man can really help you. So is that cleared up for you, Pat? Yeah, that's clear. But I thought about this all week, and I do know why some people wake up and some don't. Some wake up for a minute and go back into it. God is always trying to guide us. He's always trying to wake us up. You know, he never leave us alone. He's trying to, he's just not going to force you. And so some people get that glimpse of it. You know, you, have you ever had it like for a minute you can see and then it fades away. And then some people get it and, and well, those who are allowed to fade away, they are not aware of what is happening to them. They don't know what's going on. And then there are those who can see sometimes that they become aware, but they're not able to hold on to it either because they're not, you know, really seeking after it. But there are those folks who are really seeking first the kingdom of God in his right way. When they wake up, they got it just like that. They have it and they go with it. But others are on their way to it, but God is always trying to wake us up. He lets you see some truth so that that can set you free. It's just that most people don't hold on to it. Let me take this person here, here, and then I come to you. Yes, sir. <clears throat> You're about going unconscious and why yeah. evil become unconscious. Uh, evil, everyone has got problems. If you don't know how to deal with your problems, uh, you, you try to escape. And obviously, if you try to escape, you're not conscious. Yeah. And that's, that's really an ongoing problem that a lot of people have. You know, and if they don't know how to deal with their problems, that then, you know, they try to, the only way to deal with them, if you don't know how to really solve them, 
is to es- try to escape from that. Yeah. And that will take you right into being unconscious. One thing that definitely causes you to lose that mindset, to be aware, to be in love, is when you overreact to any situation. And especially when you resent your situation. When the moment you resent it, you go into darkness. And you're, out, you're like in darkness trying to find your way. The moment you resent, that's why he said, do not resent. Do not hate your situation. Because the moment you hate it, you lose sight of how to resolve the problem. You know, you could be married to a person for 50 years, and you think this person is so wonderful. Thank God for this wife or this husband. You know, this is a gift from God, right? And the moment you become resentful toward that person, it looked like somebody from hell. How did I end up with this? I'm ready for a divorce. This is terrible. But that person is still the same person. It's just that you're hating the situation. Your overreaction to it, your resentment to it, is what's causing you to see it in a different light. You can't see how to resolve the problem. Another point about problem. There is no such thing as a problem. It doesn't exist. It doesn't, it's another lie that made up by people who are living in the darkness. There is absolutely no such thing as a problem. We don't have problems. So you guys can go home now right after the do- <laughs> right after the donation you can go home. <laughs> That's right, problem solved. <laughs> no such thing as a problem. Every time you think you have a problem, you make your situation tough and seem impossible to resolve. Because that's a setup. It's not a problem. In life, we have situations to deal with. Really, that's all that they are. It's like your car breakdown. That's not a problem. Your car's broken. Let me get it repaired. (coughs) I don't have money in my pocket. Let me get a job. You know, my wife and I are not getting along well. Let's resolve the issue. It's not a problem. But if you're angry, resentful, separated from the light, you're going to see it as a problem. And then you start saying, oh, I got all these problems. And, and you are justified by your words and condemned by them. And the more you say it, it weighs you down. And then you go find a psychiatrist or a, a therapist, and the therapist says, yeah, you got a lot of problems. So we need to set up appointments for the next six months at $250 a month. <laughs> it's going to take a while to work these problems out. Her bank account, his bank account is looking good. There's no such thing as problems. It's just you can't see how to deal with situations, and you're overreacting to them, and they're overtaking you, your mind and your emotion. That's all that it is. I have no problems, none. And I deal with some of the worst situations that anybody, I deal with situations that are so bad that you want to cuss. You ever just wanted to cuss? And you know, like, Lord, can I just cuss for a minute here? But, uh, but they are outside situations that I'm dealing with. They're not my being. They're not who I am. They're not who I am at all. So I don't feel the situations. I don't go to bed at night thinking about the situations. Because they're not my problem. Even in my own life, I don't have problems in my life. None. Not one. Because I have peace and I've been set apart from that darkness of my imagination. The way the world has defined life. You don't have problems. 
It's all in, it's an illusion. It's something that's been made up. Isn't that amazing? Who disagree with that? <laughs> Who disagree with that? You disagree. Why do you disagree? Define problem for me. That's not a problem. And not having money to fix it. If you go into resentment because of that, then it makes it a worse problem. If you handle the problem like, okay, I'm going to get it fixed, I'm going to get a job, and then it's still a problem, but it's not something that's interfering with your peace. Yeah. See, problem uh, denotes an attachment to it. It causes you to become attached to it. But if you just see it as a situation that's happening, it's no big deal. That old car can sit up there for a week and you take the bus or it's nothing. But most people, because they see it as a problem, it feels like somebody or something is against you. You know, why me? You know, why did this have to happen to me? You know, they identify with it. But if you, it's just a situation and you know that it's not you, then it's just something going on. Even if you're married and your mate walk out on you after 50 years, you know, like you're disappointed that the mate is gone, but no big deal. You know, if they come back, fine. If not, I'll just party down. You know, but most of you want to commit suicide. You know, like my mate left and I'm ready to commit suicide. I can't have peace. I'm sitting by the dock of the bay, you know, watching the tides go by. But if you're not attached to that because it's not who you are, it's just a situation. It means nothing, and it will resolve itself. It really will. But a problem attached to you. It really does. It's not your problem. It's not my problem. Jesus Christ came, and everything, in reality, everything is put back in order. It's already worked out. It's just that people lost in their own pride. They're angry and resentful. They cannot accept what has already been done. You wasted a lifetime trying to fish yourself, and it's already taken care of. You just have to receive it. The moment you receive it, you can see it, you can perceive it, you can go free. Isn't that amazing? Um, yes, sir. Yeah, um, sounds like what you're saying is that, um, you know, people can react very badly to spilled milk. You've heard that saying, you know. Yeah. Uh, don't cry over spilled milk. And um, I, I, I think, you know, people define, when they, when they do have these problems, like you say, they define when they are going to go overboard, you know, and react. Oh, no, they won't cry over spilled milk, but if they spill a gallon of milk, then it's, you know, or if they spill all their milk or something, then it's a problem and it's something that overwhelms them and they overreact and yeah. all that stuff. So uh, they may feel good that they're not reacting to most of their problems, but there's still a line where they go, oh. I've seen a situation this where... This is worth reacting. I've seen a situation where little kids would spill milk, and the mother, you know, if it's an angry mother, she, she hear the kid in there spilling the milk. She starts screaming and yelling from the front room to the, to the kitchen, and she would grab that kid. What in the world are you doing? Snatching the kid, slapping him upside the head over milk. And just traumatizing their children like that because they have overreacted to something as simple as that. It's terrible the way that people are living and don't have to live that way. We're already free. We're absolutely free, except that in your mind you're not free. 
It's in your imagination. So as a man thinking, so as he is. You think on this stuff, it's going to drive you insane. You think you're wonderful, you're going to be disappointed because you're not wonderful. Somebody's going to come along and say, you know what? You're not wonderful. Who told you that? And that person will become your bitter enemy and, and you'll hate them. <laughs> because everybody, like, especially young people, like to think they're wonderful, right? Yeah, see that? <laughs> and and no, nobody's wonderful. Why should I be thinking anything other than that? Why shouldn't you think you're wonderful? Because it's good. It's good for your for your self-esteem. Why should I be thinking that I'm not? What's wonderful, wonderful? about you? Well, I'm sure there people can point out some things that are not. No, I'm not you. For me personally. <laughs> What's wonderful about me? Yes. I, I love my personality. Oh, that's wonderful. To me. Because I'm love not your What's your personality? I'm like a really, I, I get along with people very well. I love to laugh and have a good time. And I don't try to overreact to <laughs> things. You know, I'm just like, I'm an easygoing type of person. Yeah, are you a controlling person? Um, I don't try to control others. That's not what I ask. I didn't well, ask I you to try to control. I, I said, are, said you a, are you a controlling person? No, I would say no. You're not controlling. But I'm sure you could find some situations where I No, how about you? you got to know this wonderful no, I'm person. I'm saying no. You're not a controlling person. I'm not a controlling person to other people. No, you never try to control anybody. I don't try to control people. Oh, okay. I say what my opinion is on a thing and... That's mine. Right. They get to have theirs. And just like they can have an opinion of me, and that's theirs. Yeah. I don't have to own up to theirs. And so when you confess that you control your ex, you were just joking with me? I wasn't controlling him. You were trying to tell him how to do it, when to do it, why to do it. I was wanting to control my situation for my child. Oh, that's for your child. For, for me. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, okay, yes, I was wanting to control the situation for my daughter's best benefit. Like, yeah. But it wasn't the best thing. It wasn't working out. And, I, and then I was seeking out, how could I make the situation better? And the best way to make it better is to stop controlling it. And I did. And it started, it's working now. I have great news. He's even doing more things. <laughs> What's your great news? That he's even doing more things. See? Yeah, because you're backing off, huh? Because I have backed off. You stopped trying to control the situation. But, I, okay. Is that true? Yes. Okay, we have in church. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I was believing that I was for the best interest of your child. Don't you want to, um, okay, that's your point for controlling. But to me, I was just looking out for the best interest of my child. Right. It gave and you when I saw that that wasn't working, then I, want, I was seeking out. A better way. And that's what's good about you, too. You recognize you were wrong and you're willing to change. Most people are not willing to change. That's the beauty of it. But there are no wonderful people. Even God said that man's heart is wicked. Mankind's heart is wicked. And that's why we need salvation of the heart. So that we can have a, a renewed heart. A change of heart. And when your heart is renewed... There is no such desire. There is not a desire to control anything. Well, I was being controlled by the controlling light. Like, what would you say about life? 
what uh, the world has defined as. Yes. So I was li- living under those conditions and thoughts, and that's why I was doing that. That's but right. My, my, you know, that's why I was able to release it very easily because I believe that I'm renewed. Right on. And you are. The fact that you could see that you were wrong, just seeing it and you, you, you start taking the straight path, that's the right way to go. You saw you were wrong, we're wrong, and you started doing the right thing. That's all that it takes. And that's why I'm wonderful. <laughs> 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 well, it's definitely causing you to become a righteous person, that's for sure. Because you're taking that right path. You're leaving that path of destruction and going to the way of the path of righteousness. But what you're going to discover is that there is not a desire to control even your own life. Because the more you try to control your life, the worse you become. The more you let go, the better you become. Because we are not in control. We are either controlled by evil or darkness or our ego or pride, which is the same thing. Or we're controlled by the love of God, by the light. We're not in control at all. That's why we can't do it right. Because we are not in control. We can't control anything. I mean, anybody knows that? You really can't control. And as soon as you realize that, life is going to become good for you. You got to let go. You can't control yourself or another person. Even with your kids, you're not supposed to control your kids. You're supposed to be a good example and direct your kids. You know, be an example and then give them truth and direct them. Then they'll see the right way to go. But when you try to control them, it's your will being done and not God's will being done. And then they grow up and become drug addicts and dopers and all this kind of stuff. And then you wonder, well, how did this happen? I did the best that I can do, not realizing you created your child in that manner by trying to control them. It's your will and not God's will. God just wants us to watch over them by the light in a sense of righteousness, and he'll do the rest for us. That makes sense? Yes. Yeah, so wonderful person. <laughs> Did you deal with your dad yet? Yeah. No. What are you waiting for? I'm so busy. I can't hear you. I'm just busy. Oh, okay. Well, take time for your dad. Yeah. Yeah, go and help him. And the more you help others, the better you're going to become. Right. That's another thing about giving. The more you help others, the better you become long as it's not a selfishness. You know, you're not doing it because you want to, oh, I'm going to go and help somebody today so I can get better. You do it because it's the right thing to do. And I have to say that because everybody's going to run out today and help somebody <laughs> thinking they're going to get better and it won't work and then they'll blame me for it. But you have to do it without an intent behind it. It's just thinking of the other person, not yourself. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Um, I was just going to say about why people are unconscious. Is that the question? Yes. Why the more Um And I think a lot of it has to do with um, feeling like, well, I think that situations are put into our lives to, um, to help us, and the situations can be looked at as negative or positive, but either way, they're, they're there to have us become conscious. Yeah. And a lot of times, if you perceive something as um, something bad is happening to me or I'm suffering and I don't deserve to suffer, then you're just like resisting it. And yes. So you're unconscious the whole time because the situation is here for you to have a great evolution, but you can't see that because you're just caught up in the suffering of it and not feeling like you should have to feel that way. You yeah. Know? 
And um, some people and so do the that. situation keeps coming up over and over again. You just continue to suffer and suffer and suffer instead of learning the lesson that that is there to be. Some people do not want to experience pain of being wrong. They don't want it. They want a quick fix, not realizing that the suffering. Uh, you know, God said that we should rejoice in the time of tribulation. Can you imagine uh, being broke and living on a skid row and and you're like down there like, wow, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> this is pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I know you're looking out for me, Jesus. But, you know, I work with people, a lot of people, and sometimes they get in debt. And instead of going through the process of overcoming that debt themselves, you know, they want to borrow money right away to get rid of the debt. Oh, I'm just tired of being in debt. If I didn't have these, this debt, I could do something else. And then if you help them out of that debt, they end up back in it in, in a moment. They're back in the same debt with the same amount of money, right? But if they can endure the pain and work through it, they will never go back to that again. But they, people don't like pain. They don't like, they don't want, they don't like the correction of the ego because that's what it's all about. When you feel that pain, your ego is being corrected. You're coming from the darkness to the light. And most people don't want to feel that pain. And if you're unwilling to feel the pain of being wrong, then you're never going to go free. You can hang it up. You know, uh, people escape with music. I was at a church recently, and they were setting up for the event to begin, and it was so quiet in the church. And the preacher, it was, happened to be a woman at the time, she said, oh my God, turn on some music. I can't handle this. I need some music. And it was so quiet, and I realized she was feeling the pain of her nothing self. The ego had crept upon her, and she could feel that. And instead of being still and accepting that, she needed some music. And she said, somebody got to sing. I'm going to do it myself. And so somebody got up and played some, uh, the piano, and right away she started to smooth down, smooth down. And she feared her ego rather than feeling the pain of being wrong so that God can come in and save her. That thing has made a home in her. But when you say the feeling of pain of being wrong, you mean feeling, feeling the presence of your ego, basically? Right? Yeah, the presence of the ego, because the ego lives off lies, music, drugs, sex, uh, hating your fellow man, uh, whatever. The ego lives off of that. Excuses. You can tell a person with a big ego, they have a truckload of, ex- truckload of excuses. Just back to back excuses. Well, what happened? Well, why did you do that? They got a, didn't you do that? Rather than saying, yes, I did it, I'm sorry, they have a, just like that, just excuses back. And you look at them, you see that they're lost in mind. But truckloads of excuses, the ego lives off of that. There are two natures going on. There's a warfare going on within us. And it's a battle between good and evil. And folks just need to realize that so that they can overcome it. Realizing it would change it by itself. It's like this guy, Jeremiah Wright Jr. You ever heard of him? The Reverend Jeremiah Wright Jr. Yes. of Trinity United Church of Christ, which happened to be Barack Obama's church for 20 years. He's on an ego trip right now. I mean, I saw him the other day at a press conference, just going off. You know, just not thinking of Barack or anybody else but himself. It was acting like a little woman. I'm like, listen to this man, this is not the behavior of a preacher. Snappy, flip, you know, flip answers. Just saying off the wall stuff. Just crazy madness. 
And you know what the congregation did, which happened to be mostly black? Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah, right on, brother. This is a shame. This man had, somebody should have stood up and rebuked him. Especially being a preacher and acting that way. It just wasn't fitting. But he's on an ego. Your ego caused you to make a fool out of yourself. Ego makes you believe stuff that is absolutely amazing. Because it's of the devil. It's of darkness. It won't even let you see yourself as you really are. Really. It won't let you see. And the reason I know that because I counsel with a lot of people. And some women that I counsel with are like beautiful women. Already beautiful, right? But they don't see that. They say, when I look in the mirror, I see an ugly, fat person. I'm like, you're not ugly. But I, that's what I see. They cover up the mirror. You, ever, you know anybody like that? <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, but it's not real, but their pride, their ego, their hatred, their anger got them seeing something else other than reality. And something happened along the way where maybe when they were a kid, you know how kids can be mean at school or some guy said to them, you're not that pretty anyway. Or the mother paid attention to the other sister and not her or the brothers or whatever. And they, they become angry about that and right away they lose sight of reality. And they, they spend a lifetime trying to be something or get a look that they already have and end up screwing up their lives. I can I say screwing up the life? No. But that is the ego. Say so what, Pat? I can say that word. <laughs> but it's the ego you can't see. They're blind. Jesus Christ said he felt, he felt sad because the people couldn't see. Because if they can see, they would go free. But people cannot. That's the only problem you guys are having. Your pride is in the way, and you cannot see. If you can see, you will go free. Uh, yes, sir? It sounds like the map, we as people are throwing away, uh, away one of our greatest freedoms, the freedom to fa- fail. It's just like, uh, it's just like uh, keeping, a ch- uh, keeping a child from, uh, from walking, from feeling he will, uh, he, uh, he will fall. He will fall you're right about that. When you are of the darkness, you also have fear. You absolutely have fear because the fruit of, of uh, resentment is fear, anger, doubt, worry, insecurity. You are of fear. That's why when you're born again, you receive perfect love and perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in perfect love. I have no fear. Now, um, you, you have the insight to see how to deal with things in the right way, but you are afraid of nothing. You don't feel like a brave person. It's just that you don't feel like a coward anymore. You're not afraid. Whatever you have to do, you just do it without thinking about it. You observe the situation, but you don't worry about it because you have no fear at all. All right? You have to. Yes, sir. Um, you know, in the beginning, you were, you were talking about how you interviewed preachers. And they meant, and they said that they, uh, God was speaking to them. Yeah. Well, um, I was at the men's meeting on Thursday, and uh, when I went to work the next day on Friday, uh, I noticed that I was getting all these thoughts of uh, what I should have said in the meeting. But then these thoughts started coming. Uh, a lot of good stuff is <coughs> like revelations or discoveries, and 
I was trying to just do my work, but I noticed these thoughts had just come in, and I was like, oh, man. I mean, I kind of could see that this is like a setup, because it was all good things, and, uh, uh, and I wanted to get rid of it and just concentrate on my work, but it just con- kept coming. Yeah. How should I have to deal with that? Just observe it. When temptation comes like that to tempt you to think positive or think negative, you just stand back and look at that because that's not you. And when you can just observe it, it has no control over you at all because it is God who is allowing you to see it. And the only reason these positive, so-called positive thoughts come is because it want to feel, build up your pride, your ego. It want to keep you separated from God and make you feel like you can do something. You know, that you're wonderful, that you're this and that. But if you could just can observe it, it's the light observing the darkness, the darkness would disappear. That's all, with the good and the so-called bad. Just observe it. That's all you have to do. And it has no power at all. And it's just going to be amazing how your life is just going to work. And for me to know this, because I'm not an educated person, you know, I grew up on a plantation, I worked in the cotton fields. Anybody ever done that? Besides Oz and I? <laughs> I worked in the cotton field, so I had to drop out of school and barely, I made it through. And for me to see this, is just anybody can. God would like allow anyone to see it. But if you just let go and let him cause you to rise above the darkness of your imagination, you can become a free person. Just like that. At the twinkling of an eye, it can happen. If you're a prideful person, it takes forever. But if you can understand, you know, of myself I know nothing, and of myself I can do nothing, it can happen just like that. Because it's already set in motion. Christ has already ordained things to be. And he's just waiting for us to receive. You don't have to beat yourself. You don't have to insert your will at all. So when these good thoughts come, what seem like good thoughts, let them go. Just watch them. Don't fight them. Don't deny them. Just watch them by the light. Then you'll go free. Yes, sir. Uh, you were talking earlier about, uh, Pat was talking about suppressing uh, thoughts, and that was, that was really my huge problem. Um, and um, controlling, that's like the same thing. I was trying to control the, you know, the bad that was coming through me because I didn't have the faith just to... to, to I thought I had to, to do something about it, but now right. I'm seeing when I get those crazy thoughts that are trying to intimidate me or whatever, if I don't try to do anything about it, I can go about my life and, and, and be free. You, know, you can. You can live your life. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it says about whoever or, you know, uh, it was difficult coming here at first because I had stayed away for so long and it would say intimidating things about Bond and about you. I just watched it and I knew it wasn't me and... And, and it was fine. Yeah. But if I had tried to suppress it, you know, it would go away, but it's still there and then it gets some kind of control over me by the suppression. And most of the time when you try to suppress this image, you're always trying to suppress the negative and, and allow the positive thoughts to happen because we always want to think that we're wonderful. Yeah. You know, who want to wake up in the morning and think they are no good? You know, you wake up and say, you know what, I'm no darn good. <laughs> we want to wake up and think, we are, we are wonderful. I just had a thought about something. We are wonderful. We are great. There's this organization out there that is uh, teaching people how to do that, to think wonderfully <coughs> about, about themselves, right? 
So they have them put a poster on the door, on their wall. And every morning when you wake up, they want you to say to yourself, I'm wonderful, I'm great, I'm beautiful, I'm almighty, I'm all that. I'm God. And that is supposed to convince yourself that you're, you're it. And as soon as you walk out of the door and the first situation comes, wipe you out. <laughs> and, why, and now you got to go and pay another $100,000 to write some more signs and posters to remind you how wonderful. Saying you're wonderful is not going to change you. All it does is keep you farther away from the truth. It builds the ego. It separates you from God. When you can see that you know darn good and don't hate seeing that, you can go free. Then goodness will dwell in you and live through you. It will. But as long as you think you're good, and there are a lot of people out there trying to help you believe that you're good. They give you pills. What do you call those pills that make you drowsy? Ambient. What? Ambient. Prozac. Prozac. Yeah, they give you Prozac so you can feel wonderful. That don't make you wonderful. You just still owe nobody. <laughs> and, but if you could just accept yourself as you are, reality, and don't resent what you see about yourself, you don't need Prozac or the therapist. Because the moment you can receive it without resenting it, your nature is going to change. That makes sense? Yeah. It sounds too easy, though, huh? Yeah, and it's not a big deal. It's like I've been resisting for years this you know, image of myself that I'm not what I thought. It's it's there's some real happiness after you accept that. It's not. We are not supposed to have an image of ourselves, either good or bad. We're supposed to live as people of God, character, good character. You know, treating people the way we like to be treated, being honest and fair, and doing what's right. You know, getting married, not cheating on your spouse, and raising your children. We're not supposed to have an image because the moment you create an image, you've got to work hard to keep that image. It's not easy thinking that you're wonderful. It costs a lot of money because now you've got to buy clothes. You know, you've got to eat at the right restaurant. You have to get your hair done every... every. <laughs> it's not cheap thinking that you're wonderful and it's not good thinking you're awful. It takes a lot. You got to go to the doctor, take some pills. You got to visit this doctor every month. You got to find other friends who are as miserable as you are <laughs> because you don't want a reminder. You know, so you're not supposed to create an image of yourself. You're supposed to allow goodness to work through you, and you become a shining example. Really, and then you don't have to work at it. That makes sense. Did you have a question? Yeah, I, I, you. We pretty well together. The image and uh, other things, but I guess when I'm looking at God created us all in His own image. Yes. And we are. I'm not saying we're wonderful, but to know that God has treat, created us in His own image, He did everything. He completed us. I guess. What you're trying to say, we should have a known. I'm not sure. I I I, I can't explain it. What I'm. I don't know. I'm not saying that we should feel wonderful or whatever, but I I I'm so happy to know 
No, Robin, you're going to make her cry. <laughs> so I have to know that God created me yeah. in his own image. And he completed me. I just have to turn loose. I, I have to go the right way and turn loose the left side or whatever my, I might right. say. I just have to know I want to do God's will. Not man's will, but God's will. And the Holy Spirit through and the Holy Spirit would lead me that way. I know what you're saying. <laughs> really, I just want to allow you to get it out, but I know exactly what you're saying. I know what you're saying. In some of the churches, uh, now I know this happened in black churches. I don't know about white churches because I haven't gone to a lot of white churches. I grew up in black churches. In some of the black churches, the preachers teach, you are created in the image of God and you're made uh, perfectly and you're on this and that and you should rejoice about it. Yeah, you should praise the Lord that you're wonderfully made. You you wake up in the morning, you're wonderfully made. Put it on the wall. I'm wonderfully made, right? That don't do it. And and that's what is been taught because they're, they're like, oh yeah, praise the Lord, I'm wonderfully made. I'm created in the image of all this. And then they'll walk right out of the church and cuss you out. <laughs> that wonderfully made person. They'll go right home and cuss out the children. That wonderfully made person. They'll go out the church, and I used to be guilty of this one, you know, shouting how wonderfully made I am, right on, preacher. Yes, the Bible said it. Couldn't wait to get to the first destination to be with my woman. I can't really say what I did. <laughs> but after saying that and feeling good about it, I was so excited about being wonderfully made, it just made me couldn't wait to get to it. Or go to the soul food restaurant. You know, like sometimes we get out of church, we go down to the soul food place, and I order a big old plate of greens, yam, ham hocks, and everything. Because now I'm so excited, I need to calm down. <laughs> This is every weekend you do this? So what? This is every weekend you do this? Not every weekend, but I'm something to get into. <laughs> Especially if I left there really excited. And, and so the lines would be long at the, at the soul food place. Huh? We'd be trying to hurry up and get there. Hold me a table at the, at the restaurant. Because the preacher would pump me up to feel so excited about being wonderfully made. You're absolutely right. We have God's nature in us. We are created in His image. And it should, there should be a joy about it. But you're not going to have the real joy about it until you overcome that old nature, that other identity that's made a home in you. And then the first thing that's going to happen is that you're going to find peace. And then that peace is going to blow your mind. And that's when you're right, you're rejoicing. Because sometimes I think about my life, like yesterday I was thinking, wow. I was at home by myself. Everybody was gone. Window was open. I'm reading a book, having a little coffee. And I'm thinking, and I had so much, and I have peace anyway. And I'm thinking, wow, what a life. How did this happen to me? And it had nothing to do with what I own, but it had everything to do with the peace I have. And I've had it for 18 years. And I've been in tough situations, and it's never disturbed. Never disturbed. And I'm thinking, this is a Amazing! I didn't know you could live this way. I could be happy in a hut. 
Really, because my peace is not based on my surroundings. And not based on my money or my friends or my family. Uh, Stop. It's not. He gave me peace. He took away my anger, caused me to forgive, and took away that old nature and gave me peace. And now I'm growing in it. And life is easy. My burdens are light. I have no worry, no fear, and no doubt anybody can have it. But you got to let go. You got to suffer through the pain of your ego. You got to overcome the excuses that you make about yourself. Because that, all that is of your pride. It's of your pride. A good friend of mine got married, and his wife hates me. Hate my dad. And so she had a birthday party, right? And so I would ask, are you going to, <laughs> are you going to the birthday You hear about the birthday party? And I'm like, no, it was just, I said something really I can't say on camera to my friend about the thing. But I understand my friend. I know that my friend loved me. I know that he would like for things to happen for me to be there, but he doesn't quite know how to deal with his wife. It's not personal. You know what I'm saying? Now, if I was in my own nature, I would have anything to do with my friend again. But I understand that it's not personal. It's just a situation that he's going through, and this is how he deals with it. And I need to be patient with him. But when you're angry, resentful, you dump your friends when they make mistakes too. Have you noticed that? I don't want anything to do with him. He didn't invite me to his party. It's just a dumb party. People go to parties and lie to one another and go home. <laughs> That's all. Have you noticed? That's all happened at that party. No deep thought. Now, parties are nice. I like parties. You understand that, right? But I'm saying that if a friend is going through an issue and you miss a party, it's not a big deal. Consider your friend. Consider your enemy. You know, be honest and be patient and be fair. If I didn't have this perfect peace, I'd be tripping out. You know, because they invited Pat to the party. <laughs> and Pat, I all think he's something. You know, so, yes, ma'am. Did you have your hand? Yeah. Do you understand about, so obviously I know oh, what you're saying. I understand it, and that's what people need. We are, we do have a bit of his nature in us. But because we're living by that other spirit that's made a home inside of us, his nature is locked away in the closet with tape around his mouth, and this, (laughs) this other thing is living through you. This other identity has made a home inside of you, and it lives through your mind and your emotions. And speaking of the voice of God, that's where I want to get to. This is a perfect time for it. That, you know, God said that my children shall know me by my voice. Anybody ever heard that before? My children shall know me by my voice. Do you know what the voice of God sounds like? Right here. You don't know. Are you a Christian? You're a Christian, but you don't know his voice. Have you ever wondered how is it that I'm a Christian and I don't know the voice of God? How can that be? How can you be with your father and don't recognize his voice? Still so much to connect with. I can't hear you. There's a lot more to connect with. What else do you need to connect with? Once you connect with your spiritual father, what else do you need to connect with? Just all the obstacles that are in the way. I need to get them out of the way. Like what, for example? It's my flesh. But if you're connected with the father, because can you be connected with your spiritual father and still have things in your way? Sure. How's that? Still because your life is different. Once you're connected, you're, there's... Lots of things in your life that are different. However, there are things that 
need to be corrected still because you're still in your flesh. Like what? What need to be corrected once you connect with your spiritual father? Oh, worry. Worry. In some situations. Uh, doubt. Uh, ego. So you're saying that once you are connected with God, your spiritual father, you still have worry, doubt, ego, in, and all in that. Some How did you come up? Where you get that from? Is that in the Bible anywhere? I'm sorry. Where did you get that from? How did you come up with that? It's an. Ex- it's my experience. Your experience. Is it possibly possible you may not be connected to the Father? No. That's not possible. Uh, do you agree with her? Uh, <laughs> once you connect to, and, and and this is not a contest. We're fellowshipping together. It's not a test. It's not who's going to sound better. It's a fellowship. So I want to hear from people about it. You agree with that? That once you connect with the spiritual father, you still have worries and doubts and egos and all that to deal with. It's, I guess it's how you view it. That if you have still have problems, blah 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 blah. I can't hear you. I don't know. I don't know if I'm like. It takes me back to what we talked about problems. It's just how you look at things, you know. So once you saying that you're connected with the Father, then no, you shouldn't. But if you're not looking at it in the right sense. Then, like she said, you know, you would look at it as a problem, or you can look at it as a situation. If you look at it as, if you look at things as a situation, then there's a solution. There's an easy solution. But if you look at it as a problem, I know problems. I thought about math problems, and immediately I was like, yeah, I had a hard time with math. If I look at things as a problem, I, I just won't have a good look. But Did if you, I look at it as a situation, then it's easy. It's an yeah. easy solution. Do you? Do you know the voice of God? What it sounds like? I believe I do. What is now, it? I know you're here to probably mess it all up for no. me. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that I do. Yes, I know the voice of God. What does the voice of God sound, sound like? <laughs> it's, it's very quiet. It's soft. and It's like this? <laughs> wow. It's personal. It's personal? Yeah, it might sound so, different to you. No, 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 for don't me, worry about Listen, don't worry about what I think. I'm trying to learn from you, too. Yeah, and I'm saying that in, in my experience, when I'm saying that I'm hearing, I know this is God leading me this way, um, it's just, you know. I mean, do you hear a whisper? Let me because I heard it the other day. Mm-hmm. And it, <laughs> you heard God's voice the other day? I hear it all the time. Oh my goodness! And so it was Were you the person coming out of the post office? <laughs> no, okay. Oh, you weren't here when I told the joke. Oh, okay. What did it sound like the other day when you heard it? And again, it's not a test. I know. <laughs> I feel like it's a test, but no, it just sounds like you know. Well, it just—it sounds regular. There's no regular. Wait. It could possibly be me, but did it I'm sound like a voice a with a degree, or someone here dropped no, out of school? No, it's simple. It's simple. It's uh. not complex. It's simple. It's not complex. Right. It's simple. Simple answer. It's just the answer to whatever uh, whatever situation I'm in at the moment. I had so, to make know, a decision, and um, <coughs> it was just like um, I had to make a decision to grow. I wanted to buy this equipment, 
And I came for two things, and I saw a lot of other things. And when I left to go to the bank to get more money for one other thing, it was like, and you're going to get that thing too. And I got excited. I was like, yeah, 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 I'm going to get it. And I went and got the money out and got it. And it was, it was right. I needed to do it. It, it was just perfect. Okay. And that's how I know it was the voice of God. So you didn't really hear anything. You just knew you needed to do that? No, it said you're going to buy the, the <laughs> other piece too. You heard it say that? Well, that's what it felt like to me. Oh, okay. It sounded like, it sounded like me. But I didn't want to see so egotistical by saying it was me. You know. But so you heard the voice sound like your voice telling you that? Yeah, I was like, you're going to get that too. But I'm not talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, that's why I said it sounded like me because that's. You know. Right. I understand that. I clearly understand that. And that God's voice sounds like you. Well, I don't want people going by what I say, child, because I, I could possibly be wrong. Right. But in my own personal experience, every time I feel like I'm hearing the voice of God, it's simple, it's easy, it's direct, it's not complex, it's, and it's always right in the end. Okay. And it sounds like you. <laughs> don't say that. I'm not going to say that. Don't say that. It's in our own image. So it's going to sound like me. It's going to look like me. And, and, and for an Asian person, it's going to look Asian. And for uh, whatever person, it's going to look like them. It's going to sound like them. Yeah, you're right about that. The devil looked like everybody. You could be in, in, in China and get the same voice. Have you? Uh, do you know what the voice of God sounds like? Sometimes I think God speaks to me through other people. Um, I may have a situation, or if anybody wants to call it a problem, whatever, and maybe someone will come to me with an analogy of what happened to them and how they dealt with it. To me, that's God speaking through this person, so I can see it. He does do that. Ways. He, he brings people to you sometimes and point you in the right direction. Uh, so you think that's what his voice sounds like when that happens like that? No, I don't know. I never, Have you ever I never thought, thought of it as a sound. I thought of it as, uh, well, what, what, what would it be? Uh, what, the way I should be living my life or the, what I should be doing. Okay. In other words, if, I, if, I'm, uh, if I'm struggling with something and I don't know what to do and someone comes to me, like maybe this gentleman will say, you know, Jackie, this is what happened to me. And I look at it in a different... It makes me look at things in a different light. And I think if someone is sharing part of their experience with you, that may be God talking through them. Does so he ever, open up your mind. Does he ever speak through you? Make your pardon? Does God ever speak through you? I, you ever hear his voice? Yes. I, I, well, I did a long time ago. You ever heard in a while? I think we hear it I don't think we hear it as a voice coming out of the atmosphere but we hear it through other people people trying to show us to help us, to guide us to share their light with us that's what I think it does work in that way you You speak through other people sometimes I agree with that yeah, he does I mean yeah, but I'm talking about when he's talking to you directly. Do you know what that voice sounds like? I say are, yes. Are you 100% sure you're right in what you said about having this relationship with him, but yet all these stuff? Yeah. What is the purpose then of uh, what is the purpose of even bothering to to be a Christian if you're going to be the same person with the same problems 
when you become a Christian? Why do you bother? Because I'm not the same. I'm not you the still same have person. worries. I still have. I still worry about things, and that's because because I'm still in my flesh. But going back to what you were saying, let me just finish that thought first, and I'll, I'll let you. Okay. So you still you worry about things before you connect with God, right? And then, but you still worry Everything. afterward, Everything after connecting. You still, you had doubt before you connected with God, right? About everything. And then after you connect, you still have doubt. Why are you bother to connect with Him if your problems still going to be the same? It's like going from one bad husband to another. No, because I'm not. I'm so different than I was before I connected with God, and and His healing, His complete healing for me is a process. I'm so much better than I was before I connected with him. I still have some of my shortcomings, which are getting better. And as far as hearing his voice, it's more of a prompting. It's more of a a, a prompting, a, a guiding, a guidance, you know, than a voice. It's more of just something. Uh, Let me ask you this: uh, Do you want to be? I like this word. Uh, Rhonda gave me the other day and I guess the Lord was speaking through her. <laughs> but it, it, it reminded me of the truth when I heard that word. I'm like, that is, I used to remember that word and I forgot that word. But she gave me a word from the Lord. Uh, do you want to be, and the word is, made hold. Do you want to be made hold at an instant without having to go through the process? Hold. 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 No D. Hold. No D. W-H-O-L-E. I'm black, so forgive me. I'm allowed to be wrong. I'm allowed to speak Ebonics. I'm allowed to be on the affirmative action program. So don't be writing me talking about, oh, you said Hold. But it is whole, right? So black people can get away from, with that. Isn't that right? No. Remember Jeremiah Wright Jr. said that black people learn differently than white folks. He said that white people learn on the right side of the brain and African Americans learn on the, on the left side. Well, he said left side of the brain. He said left side of the brain for the whites and right side for the African-American people because in Africa, black people learn on the right side. And that's why they're not learning in the education system here in America because they use the wrong side of the brain. And I'm thinking, I wonder where the Mexicans learn. It's like back here somewhere. <laughs> Are the Mexicans learning in the back of the head? Or? So I can get away with it because I've been taught on the right side of the brain, and that's how we speak. <laughs> Do you want to be made whole at an instant without the process? Yeah. I can't hear you. Do you believe that's possible, or do you think you need the process? I believe sometimes it is possible. To be I made think whole. Sometimes you can be made whole instantly. I think right. sometimes it takes a process. I think sometimes you can be healed instantly. Sometimes it takes a process. Yeah. You want to be made whole. God said, be ye perfect as I am perfect. Be ye holy as your Father in heaven is holy. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be made whole? 
Be made perfect at an instant. And get rid of all that thinking that you have. Abandon those thoughts. And let it happen. Because if you have ideas in your head about process, sometimes this and sometimes that, and all that gooby walking washy stuff that you've been taught, it's not going to happen for you. It cannot happen until you're open freely to let it happen without any, any kind of thought in your mind about what can happen because your mind, your thoughts, cannot conceive the thoughts of God. Your mind can't even understand His ways. It'll blow your mind. If you allow your mind to understand, your head will pop over and split up and like a watermelon. Your mind cannot conceive the mind of God. And so everything you think is wrong. And you're holding yourself back. You're absolutely holding yourself back. You have to be open so that the light can come through you. And then it'll happen. But if you think, oh, it's a process. Oh, I belong to God, but I still have worries. And I'm in my flesh. And I still have this. It's just excuse making, separating you from the instant relief. Instant new life. You got to let all that go. You've been taught wrong. And I know how you've been taught because I was taught the same way. Oh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> Paul said that. Oh, amen. And we're going, yeah, amen. Paul said it, so I can't do it. You know, I, the spirit is weak. Why are you still sinning? The spirit is weak, brother. And the, the flesh, flesh is, no, the flesh, flesh is weak. And the spirit is willing. It's, it's a setup. So when you were just talking about how the voice of God or, or the presence of God is locked up with tape around his mouth and that we're still here as we are without that, what, what were you... Well, I didn't say the voice of God was locked away. I said that our true self is locked away inside this body because our body is a house that the true self live in. And this other thing, this other identity has invaded your home. And most of the time when you're a little kid and you go through all these stresses and agony, you start to hate. The moment you hate, you let the invader in, and he locked you away. You know, sometimes people come in and take over your home. That's why I don't let people stay with me longer than two weeks. Because <laughs> at that second week, they're going to take over my home, right? So this thing came in because you overreacted as a little girl, either to your mother or your father or something. And it came in and took over, and it started sounding like you, walking like you, acting like you, because you're feeling it. You're thinking and feeling it, and it feels like you. That's the thing that is taking over, and you're just laying in the closet, and no one has come along to show you how to go free from that. And what I'm trying to do is to help you go free from it. And the way you go free is to realize that of yourself you can do nothing. That I am messed up, and there's nothing I can do. I know nothing. And let go. When you let go, it'll happen just like that. He'll come in and take this guy out of your house or a woman, whatever spirit is in you, and then he'll let he'll set you free. And then you'll start living out of your through your house. And but you can't live when you have an idea. You can't live when you think you know it. You know because it doesn't make sense to me to believe in a God just that's going to treat me the same way the God that I'm trying to get away from. You know, it doesn't make sense. If God is different, if God is the same as Satan, why even bother? You might as well stay with the other bad guy. You know, he promised you peace and understanding 
and love, Satan's not going to give you that. So if you are born again of God, he's going to give you perfect peace. You're going to free your mind. And so it's a lie that, and, and, and then that spirit of God will control your flesh. You know, oh, the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak because it's subject to evil. But when you're born again, it will be subject to good. Then your flesh will do the right thing. But you need to empty yourself. You need to know that you don't know. Don't deceive yourself. And he'll come in and save you. That makes sense a little? And he will give you perfect peace. And you will have no worry. No nothing. You yet, your body will still go through some stuff. You'll have situations to deal with. But your spirit will have peace going through it. All the, it as a matter of fact, one of the ways to know that you've found what you're looking for, the kingdom of heaven is within, right away you start dealing with your outer environment in a different way. You, you no longer overreact to it. You can't. Because now you're living from within instead of from without. You disagree with that? Or that makes a little sense? Yeah. But you got to get away from all this stuff that these preachers have taught you. Only thing you did was went to church school and learned the scriptures and it built your ego. It built your pride. It's just like going to college. You learn the, the techniques of college and you come back and think you're better than the folks around you. You learn, you learn the Bible. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 says this, and you learn it, learn it, and then you go dump it on someone else, thinking that you have it. Learning the scriptures is not going to change. The word is in our heart. Now, we're supposed to read the Bible. Don't get me wrong. But we're supposed to live from, we're not up here. We're supposed to live from the heart. The heart is in the soul of our belly. And we're supposed to live from the heart. Not the blood pumping heart, but our true self. Everything is already written in our hearts already. The Holy Spirit is there to teach us, to guide us, to instruct us. It's just that simple. And why are y'all so quiet? <laughs> yeah. And so I got to tell the folks about the voice of God in a minute here, but you want to say something? I was like, the voice of God. She's going to write it down. Um, Don, do you know what the voice of God sounds like? No, you. Yeah. <laughs> It's all like what? What it? What it sound like? More like in the form of common sense. More like in the form of common sense, like a nice little rap song. No, okay. You're absolutely right. It's common sense. It's a voiceless voice. It's a knowing. It's a remembrance. I notice that whenever God reveals something to me, it's like, wow, I used to know that, and I don't know why I used to know it. But it just, it's a voiceless voice. It's a, it's a, it's a guiding light to see by. And he doesn't like, he's not talking to your head. He's not using words, verbal words. He's not, one lady said that he whispered to her in her ear. He talked in her right ear. He's not doing that. It's a, quite, the difference between God's voice and the devil's voice, the devil is always talking to you. It sounds like you. It sounds like the person you hate. It sounds like your daddy, your mama, whatever. It sounds like someone else. That is not from God. That is evil imitating you. It's him imitating you because he can give you whatever you need. 
So it is not of God. God's voice is a voiceless voice. As the Bible says, a quiet, still, voiceless voice. It peacefully guides you. It allows you to see without even realizing that you're seeing. It is as natural as the bright sunshine here in California today. And it's as never thought about it. You never have to make decisions. You never have to worry. You never have doubt. It is impossible to worry and have doubt. You can't even make yourself do it. Because he has consumed you with the light. And he's guiding you in a voiceless way. It's annoying. And everything that he tells you is like you already knew it anyway. But you just forgot you knew it because you've been locked away in the closet and this other guy's living through you. You forgot the truth. But he reminds you of it in every situation that you deal with. It just, and it's just there. It's just like the sunlight is just here on us. It just kind of, it's just there. And you can see and move forward. And that's why he said, take on my ways. My ways are easy. My burdens are light. Because once you live like that, it's easy. It's absolutely easy. But if you're hearing this voice in your head, pay it no mind. <laughs> if it tells you, you know, in the morning, you know what? Wake up. You're a wonderful person. <laughs> That's a lie. Let it pass. If it, when you wake up in the morning and say, you know what? You're no good. You're just an evil, bitter, nothing. That's a lie. Let it pass. See yourself as you really are. Really. And it's much, much. And take it from me. I'm not making this up. And then no preacher tell me this. He allowed me to see. He allowed me to see this. And it has been happening for 18 years or 19 years. And it's just getting better and better and better and better. I'm growing in that. If you, if, if you doubt me, pay no attention for one week. Like when this, these different voices, because it lives off your anger of your judging yourself and others. But just don't do anything it tells you to do and see what happens. Life will work out for you. Don't do what the voice tells you to do and see what happens. Yes, ma'am. Did you have, you writing that down too? Don't do what the voice said do. But whatever it takes. Um, so, like, she was saying about it's a process and you're saying it's an instant. Yes. That's what they do um, well, when you are making your way or trying, trying is not a good word, when you are accepting the right way, yes, and you, you start to do the meditation that you ask, yes, you know, the meditation, and then you, and, and like you said, you go to church, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, I'm good, I'm a wonderful person, and you come out and somebody cuts you off and you say, you know, right, what is that? <laughs> the devil's still working from the church. So isn't it a process then? Only if she thinks that it is. Well, I'm pointing at me, sis. Right. Because is I you? feel like, too, I agree with you when you say it's a process. Because I did the meditation the other day, and I was doing it, and I was like, I'm going to do right. I'm going to do this meditation. Don't Things are going to be changed. Oh, yeah. you right. You can't do right. Okay, okay. Well, this because that's the that's I'm just the, saying, yeah. I'm the self saying, doing yeah. all of that. So, but I'm believing that this is, okay, I'm doing the meditation. And I and I'm feeling good, and I go going on, and I'm not thinking anything about it. <laughs> right. And I get in this situation, and I blow up. You and know. I was and I was, and I regretted it. I was like, now yeah. why is that happening to me when I just was doing the meditation, and now here I am that had a blowout, and I'm <laughs> I'm sad about it. I'm I'm hurt. I'm like 
I was wanting to do the right thing. Yeah. And here, I had a blowout. And did you apologize for your blowout? Well, I wanted to go back, and my daughter was like, no, don't go back. She was upset. I upset her. I was in, yeah. at her school, and I had a blowout. You know the good thing about you that I really, really appreciate? <laughs> you want it. You're at a point now where you know the way you've done it is not working. So you want something else. So just stay on your journey. When you, if you lose it like that, because you're like a babe now, you know, you got to grow. Even when you come into the light, you're going to start growing. Don't take it personal. If you mess up, they say, you know what, I'm sorry for yelling at you. No big deal. You move on. And if that person has a decency in them, they'll forgive you. If, not, if they don't, that's on them. Right, that's on them. But you just say, you know what, I'm wrong. And just stay in the quiet, still, straight and narrow path. And your life will start to unfold. After and a while, I didn't judge that. I didn't say, oh, here's the meditation. Right. Like, don't no, judge it. But don't, don't go with the process idea. Okay. Don't do anything. Because okay. the devil going to tell you, oh, you did it because it's a process. Let that lie go by. You know? Because, you know, maybe you need to pray. You know, maybe you need to do the prayer. It could be anything. I don't even want to create no idea. But whatever the thoughts are telling you about it, it's lying to you because it's from your pride, your ego. And if it could get you to believe one lie, then it's going to separate you from what is right. Because you become what you believe in. You, you, you merge with what you believe in. So you can't you know, be having a relationship with the truth and the lie. So just let the lie pass and you'll be fine. But I think it's all like what caused you to flip out is that you were too excited. Yeah, don't get too excited about this and don't be too low about it. Alright? Just calmly go your way. Now there's a time to rejoice, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't rejoice. I rejoice sometimes. But don't get too excited and don't be too uh, low. Just take things calmly. Have an appreciation for it. And live your life. God created heaven and earth in stillness. So He's creating you. He He is bringing you out in stillness as well. Not in your overreaction. Because if you got all that excitement, oh, I'm meditating, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And then there's something out in your excitement, you don't see that thing that's coming at you, and it overtakes you like that. That's why it's not good to get too excited or too low of yourself. That, that makes sense? Yeah. yeah don't I be... wasn't excited at that point. This was hours later. I yeah. wasn't even thinking. Well, I wasn't expecting that situation. But I did a little bit, like you said, I saw it coming. And just out of my... <coughs> Oh, Old self, I just oh, I got went it into now. the overreaction. Here's what I want you to try. The next time you see a situation coming, instead of being so concerned about the situation, watch what you're thinking about it. Stand back and watch what you're thinking. Because the devil is building up your anger as this situation is happening and you don't know it. And he put you in a state of unconsciousness, then you overreact. <laughs> I love it. I love the fact that you. I, I like people like you. You know, you're not trying to impress nobody. You know, you think you're wonderful. That's why I say you were saying something's extreme. I think I'm a wonderful person, which I'm letting that go. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm a wonderful person, but I'm not being extreme. Right. You know, like thinking I need to dress it up, make it pretty, blah blah blah. I just, I'm just am. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Uh, uh, what the God's voice is a quiet, still knowing. That's why he said when you pray, be still and know him. He already know and understand what you want. He know your needs. He'll give them to you. But you got to stop so that he can take over and control you just as this other guy inside of your body, which is of evil, 
and controlling you. So you got to let go and come back to this quiet, still, voiceless voice. Do not listen to that voice that talked to you in your head. We out of time. <laughs> Did that help a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Oh, good, good. It's food for thought, right? Uh, um, just for one week, what I want you guys to do, the assignment if you decide to take it. For one week, from this Sunday until next Sunday, I want you to get up in the morning and go into your prayer closet and just be still and know the truth. Don't use any verbal words for one week. Don't ask God for anything and see what happens. Just sit quietly and become aware of the not you. This thing that's made a home and working through your thoughts, your mind, and it sounds like you. It's not you. So sit quietly for one week, guys, and, and ladies, and see what, let me know next Sunday what happens. All how right? long? How long? Hold on. No, I said yeah. how long. Oh, how long to pray? Like however long you do your prayer. Yeah, how long you do your prayer. Don't set a time for it. Okay. And just however long, but get up early, have your prayer, and, and in prayer, don't ask for anything for one week. And the Holy Spirit will intercede on your behalf. I have a be still and know tape called, uh, I mean a be still and know. God said when we pray, be still and know him. So I have a CD that you can order. And if you follow the instructions of that CD and you're truly seeking first the kingdom of God, your life is going to start to change. He's going to come in, take over, and take you away. Also, we have a seven guaranteed step to spiritual, family, and financial success. It's a little small guide. That would, um, if you follow the instructions, you can't fail in life. But you got to follow the instructions. You can't halfway do it. Do it some days and some days don't. you got to commit to seeking what's right and doing what's right. And if you do that your whole life, because God will take over and guide you. Um, we have uh, newsletters on our website where you can sign up and get a free copy of the first one. Um, also, we run a nonprofit organization where we are helping young men and women now to overcome their anger, uh, find a job, finish school, get married before having children out of wedlock, and judging people based on character and not color. Uh, after school, character building program, all those things doing that. Go to my, and we need your tithing and offering, folks. We don't, you know, we don't get money from the government, all that kind of stuff. We need your tithing and offering, your donations. Go to my website at bondinfo.org, B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O.org, bondinfo.org, or call 1-800-411-2663, 1-800-411-BOND, and uh, you can make a donation there, or your tithing and offering, or order materials. We need your support. We rely on you to help us to help others. Also, if you have questions about today's topic, you can email them to bond at bondinfo.org, bond at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town, name in town, and next Sunday, I'll respond to those emails. We also provide counseling, and if you want counseling, you can call my 800 number, 800-411-2663, 1-800-411-BOND, and um they'll direct you to the right person to set up counseling. We do phone counseling and in-house counseling. Uh, a lot of people living out of California, they can't come in. So we help you in that way. But the most important thing, I think, is to be still and know God. you got to let go of all what you think is right, all of the studying you have done. Too much study is 
and make the soul weary. So you got to let that stuff go and, and know God. All right. I appreciate you tuning in. And we're here every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemy. All right. I want to set you free. And not me, but pointing you toward God who shall set you free. And then we're going to come together as men and women of God and not as black men, not as white men, not as white women, but as men and women of God. And uh, that's what I want to do for you. Rebuild the family by rebuilding man. Thank you again for tuning in. And I absolutely appreciate it. And I thank you guys for the feedback today. It was absolutely good. Thank you very much. Thank you, folks. Take care. Appreciate it.